Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rock Church this morning. Uh, it's awesome that we can be here in this new format. This is something new for us, and um, it's good. And we've just been in prayer um, and also just in dialogue around this morning. So, uh, welcome. If you're not part of our family, just welcome to being with us and hope you get something out of this morning. Uh, we've been looking at faith for the last three or four weeks and really unpacking what faith is and what it's not. You know, so often we can confuse faith with trust, um, but they are different things, even though we've said they're like a brother and a sister. But before we get too much into it, I just want to introduce these awesome people that are sitting with me today. So this is Sam, this is Mel, and this is Chris. And as we've talked about, we're going to look at a faith that sees, seeing in the unseen. And uh, we want to start by just asking these guys a question. And uh, we've been talking about this for some time, but I just want to get their insight into uh, what are you guys learning? What are we learning as communicators of the gospel in relation to this faith? Start with you, Sam. Cool. I think think for me over the last number of weeks, um, as we've gone through a, a couple of different scriptures, um, the the biggest thing to me has been how how important it is to have prophetic sight of what God's purpose is for us as His people, you know. And so even as far back as the first couple of weeks when we looked at, you know, you must hate your mother, your brother, and if you don't, you're not um, able to be my disciple, you know. Uh, like this this theme of being able to see what God's purpose is has been probably the biggest take home for me and as we started to look at faith more specifically and what it means to to actually see what's in the eternal realm and to have spiritual revelation knowledge and sight of what God's purpose is I feel like it's really um, I feel like I've had such a sense of man this is so key to actually being able to be the people that God has called us to be. You know, if we don't see what his purpose is for us, it's almost like everything else that we read in the scripture doesn't make sense or we have to make sense of it in our own way by being able to, to try and understand, oh, did he really mean hate? Or, you know, um, and we go through the, the different parables and we have to come up with our own interpretation, you know. And I, I feel like the biggest thing for me has been, um, you know, if, if we have faith, we have spiritual sight of what God's purpose is, it brings so much clarity to the things that, that Jesus says um, and the way that we are to live. It goes from being something that uh, as we're a bit unsure of to something that we're confident in and even things that we don't we might not understand all the nitty-gritty detail but we understand the heartbeat that lies behind those scriptures and we can receive living mana from those scriptures that that build us um, because you know we we're moving towards God's greater purpose for us you know so I think that's probably been the the biggest thing for me it's awesome email yeah um Along with that, Sam, uh, for me it was and is this expression of this kind of faith that it's it is only one kind. Um, yet now every time I'm, I'm sort of looking at the scriptures, I'm like, uh, whether it's through different people, whether it's a Peter or a Paul or all the forerunners, you know, in the Old Testament, all of them had one kind of faith, but it was expressed in different ways or with different tasks you know but 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 even within those different tasks at different times it was all of a sa uh, the same kind of faith mm. fulfilling the same purpose 
and redemption plan. Um, and and so now I can't not see it. <laughs> I kind of, every time, uh, and even if we look at the scripture today, I'm like, that's a kind of faith Paul's talking about that is influencing and impacting uh, how he lives, how he speaks. Um, and and I think the beauty of it and what brings a lot of comfort is when you recognize the same faith. And then when they go, you know, speaking to you that have who are of the same faith it really res- it's resonating you know and and I love that because I think this kind of faith uh, really does put us in the same arena with these faith yeah, runners and I mean what could be more encouraging in life than that <laughs> that yeah. this faith really does set us on a path and it, it really is at work doing what it promises to do and it's it's such a confidence you know and I just yeah for me I'm like wow I can't not see it anymore and yet I probably never quite realized until hearing in the last few sessions of this kind of faith how critical it is yeah. you know so yeah mm, awesome. once you oh, sorry i was gonna say once you've seen you can't not see yeah, you know right. <laughs> like yeah. you're forever caught up yes. in something that's bigger than just your life yeah, you exactly know? Right. and you want to see more don't you you do you know so it's just it's not like oh, i've seen it's like i want to see and keep seeing yeah. because you start to realize just how important as you say it is that we have everything in Christ, which comes through the ability to see what's in Christ. That's Hence, right. Paul said he lived by faith in Christ mm-hmm. and knew of these promises that he declares that are freely given. Yes. And, and that he speaks of, um, you know, that it says in Hebrews that we have a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. It's no longer like, you know, I, I can't sit and think, oh, it's, you know, these old people in the clouds. Like, you know, it, it's way more you know, relatable and like, yeah. no, it's the, of the same kind or up there cheering us on in our time and in our generation. And the um, the the sense of belonging of the same and, you know, you're like, wow, that's my lineage. That's my family. That's the faith lineage that we're a part of, you know. It really steps outside of the realm that we see in front of us, doesn't it? Yeah. It's so much beyond that. Um, for me, one of the standout things has been how dependent we are on him to birth and grow this faith. Mm. So, mm. you know, one of the things that it's not is something that we do ourselves, that we create and increase and muster up and and work for in the sense of put more hours in and get more out. Mm. That says that he is the author and the perfecter of it. So it started with him. And he's the one responsible for bringing it to maturity. Just like love. We love because he first loved us. And I think that it's a bit of a trap to think that he's somehow separate from the process, that we can do any of this ourselves. And I feel like, you know, one of the standout passages for me is about entering into his rest. You know, it says that the Israelites couldn't enter into the promised land because of unbelief. They didn't have faith. And this faith produces rest because when you realize that he starts it he completes it there's not really heaps that you have to do in that you know you need to partner with him in that and allow that but that's a completely different position than you making it happen and that's really liberating you know and there's freedom in that right freedom and rest man what's not to love (laughs) 
And I think, you know, what we're going to look at now in 2 Corinthians is touching on the author. So the author has already written, and the author determines what faith is, and he writes what faith is, and uh, the importance of living from the author's perspective. You know, Danny and I were talking last night, and these two words, vision and version. And so often vision in the body of Christ is seen as functional tasks rather than being spiritual sight, revelation. You know, And I think we confuse vision and purpose. And I would say purpose is functional task, but vision is the ability to see. And like we're going to look at today, you know, it says we don't live by natural sight. We live by this thing called faith, which is spiritual vision, revelation to see. And that creates God's version of everything. You know, and it's so essential that we have his version of himself. And as we've talked about a little bit before, I believe that's what to be apostolic truly is, is to make God known for who God really is, not our version of God, which means we need vision of God, which means we need faith. And um, and yet it's already written, you know, and the author writes what faith is, and then he's going to perfect us in an alignment to what he says faith is. And so uh, we're just going to look at that in 2 Corinthians 13. Um, before we do that, though, just um, if you have any questions that you want to email to us in relation to what you're hearing, I encourage you right now to write down this email address, just greg, G-R-E-G, at therock, all one word, dot org, dot NZ. I have my phone here, and so I can see the questions coming in. And we're going to have a time where we'll look to see if we can answer some of those questions. We might not get to answer all of them. Um, but if you would like to send some questions in from what you're hearing, and the beauty of being at home right now, you've got time to write things down. So greg, G-R-E-G, at therock.co. Dot .nz but um, dot .org sorry thanks Sam dot .org <laughs> <laughs> that's what we used to be dot .org uh, dot .nz and so 2 Corinthians 13 uh, we're going to read uh, just 13 and then we're going to go through uh, all the way to 18 and also look at 2 Corinthians 5 verses 6 and 7 and possibly 8 and 9 2 Corinthians 4:13 sorry and then we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5 uh, so 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. Therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we also speak. Let me read that again. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. Therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we also speak. And it's the first part of that. Um, scripture that really stood out for me, but having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed. And so the question I want to ask us all and ask you to think about is, is why is it so important we have a faith according to what's written? Chris. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, it's like you said before, there is an author. He's the author. He's written it. And it's completely possible in our own capacity to write our own definition of the story you know because that's that's part of the human nature isn't it we're our own gods we determine good and evil and we decide i mean how many people do we speak to that say you know you talk about what heaven might look like or where they're going when they die the simple question and they say oh well i'm i'm going to this place or that place and they've made it up for themselves not based on anything they've written their own book 
And he says, no, I, I've, I've written the story. I've made it possible for you to know this from the, from the start to the end. This is, this, is the, this is the race, you know. Um, and we talk about running the race. You don't win a prize unless you compete according to the rules. The, the rules aren't up for grabs. Our responsibility is to find out what it is that he's said and live in accordance to what he's said, not to change it to what suits. Otherwise, we'll have 100 different versions of it, which is actually what we've got. Um, so, yeah, that's why, that's why that's so important. It just reminds me of, you know, so often you read throughout the the prophets in the Old Testament, you know, the times that were the darkest for the people of God, there's this phrase that keeps coming up and it's that each man did what was right in his own eyes, you know. Mm. And I think what what Paul was describing here is the opposite, you know. It's actually that, that God has an eternal purpose that's been mapped out in advance and has invited us to be part of his purpose, you know. And I think... You know, so much of, of modern day Christianity can be about discovering your own purpose, in, whereas actually God has said, I've, I've got one already. It's yeah. already been written. Yeah. Would you like to discover what that is yeah. and, and to be part of what I have um, for my body, you know? So it's quite a different way of seeing and, and operating. Eh? It's like um, in Samuel's time, and it says that the word of God was rare and there was no prophetic revelation no open vision people didn't know what god's purpose was that it wasn't being spoken clearly for people to live in accordance to so like you're saying a dark time where there's no open vision the people perish where there's no sight people are lost do you have any thoughts you want to share Mel? yeah i um i think it's so essential because the kind of faith or the spirit of faith we receive, um, like I said earlier, influences how we speak, how we act, and how we walk before the Lord. Mm. And um, faith needs to find an utterance. Faith, yeah. faith, when it's birth, needs to have an output. You know, and um, it it needs to speak. Um, so if we don't if we don't have the kind of faith that is written by the author. Uh, then it means we're living aimlessly sort of around making up what we want and speaking things that uh, are, are not of him and creating our own versions as you know as we're saying and what's what I thought was interesting where it said I I believe therefore I spoke he's talking from David's time uh, when David in the Psalm 116 said I believe therefore I spoke but the verse before that um in Psalm 116 says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And I just thought that is so, uh, so important to that kind of faith because even David, before Christ walked the earth and showed the manner in which to live by this kind of faith, David was declaring with utterance, you know, speaking about this kind of faith. And again, it just shows that um, David, who lived so many years ago, was declaring and uttering the same spirit of faith that today we are to do. And and how powerful that the same kind of faith is is literally living through generations, yeah. you know. Um, so I think it's essential that we have this faith if we're going to live and act and speak right. on the earth before the Lord, that we, in the land of the living, we don't live in the land of um, what, 
um, in the sight of man, you know, man's right in his own eyes. We're now living in the land, uh, the land of opportunity to know the living God, the land of mercy that he's given to us to come to know his ways and live out his plan. Um, so, yeah, it's so awesome. essential. <laughs> it's interesting, yeah, like, you know, just as we read that again, but having the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed. Mm. And that whole thing around believing not being mental agreement, yes. you know, not just being an intellectual belief but a living conviction because I can see what I'm actually speaking. And I think that's the difference between just a, a, a preaching and a declaration, whether that's one-on-one -on -one or whether it's one to a thousand, yeah. that what you're actually speaking of, you're looking at. Yes. And that's why it's so uh, important we hear and not just hear through the mind, but actually hear through the spiritual ears and, and see through the, the, the eyes of the Spirit. Because I know for myself, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking to an absolute picture I'm looking at. I'm not just pulling things out of left, right, center. It's I'm describing a picture. And so it's from my belief because my belief of I'm looking at, and that's why it's so connected, isn't it? You know, I speak what I know is because I can see it. You know, I pray the eyes of my heart have been enlightened. And so I find Paul fascinating, obviously, who wrote this, because, you know, in other parts of Corinthians, he talks about these things that are freely been given mm. that eye hasn't seen, yes. ear hasn't heard, has not yet entered the heart, the place of sight. All that God has already prepared. So we're back to what you were saying about it's already a, it's already a done reality. It, this faith sees what already is established, rather than trying to make something up in our own uh, vision, our own purposes. You know, and out of that place we speak because it's the place we believe. And then He says, "We also believe, yes, I love that. therefore we also speak." So then yes. He brings in these we people, we. <laughs> this team that we've looked at. You know, that's going through generations that um, Abraham was a man of and the father of faith, yes. the same aspect by faith Noah builds. And it's the same reality, which, you know, some say would be narrow, mm. and I go, it is, <laughs> you know. But actually, as you come into this narrow perspective, it then opens up and yes. everything becomes wide, yes. and you live in the, the range and the fulfillment of this faith. Yes. Um, but it's accordance, again, to what is already written. You know, and you can see by faith by what's written, by what's written. And as you said before, these amazing people of Hebrews 11, mm. that by the same substance mm. lived, and we're going to look at that, lived this, what we would call crazy kind of life, but really it's just the Christian life. Yeah. But, there's a, but there's this common thread running through all of their lives, which is the same spirit. Right. You know, it's not like one of them, put it this way, if they had their own idea and went and did their own thing, they wouldn't be of the same kind. There's this resonance or this Absolutely. synchronicity that mm. surpasses generations, surpasses these physical boundaries where they're all the same yeah. because they came from the same kind, mm. same seed. Mm. In First Peter, it talks about this this royal priesthood, eh? You know this, um, you know this holy race, and he says, you know that they may proclaim the excellencies of Him. Who has called them out of darkness and into his marvelous light you know and to me when he says here look i i believe therefore i spoke yes. it's that same it's the same theme eh, of, a, of a people who have truly encountered god received revelation on the inside that they're speaking now comes from a completely different place you know 
and I and I feel like this is, so, you know, we we're sharing before about you know saying now it's a testimony of Jesus. That's the spirit of prophecy. You know, it's it's the actual witness, the testimony, the the true revelation of God that enables you to actually genuinely speak of who He is and what He's done. You know, you're not needing to make it up anymore. You've yes. you've seen, and so you speak. You know, because He doesn't say, "I read." And so I spoke, you know, or I entered into a discipleship group and had a conversation and came out with some new ideas. And so I spoke, you know, says I believed, you know, and, um, you know, it's there's something so powerful about actual genuine belief. That's a a living conviction, eh? you know, that it does. It it changes the way that you see, but it changes your your tongue, you know, you you can't speak the same way anymore. You know, and I think. um, just thinking about that passage you're sharing, Mel, and about David and um, and the Psalms, you know, and he, he talks about just some of the, the challenges that are going on for him in his life. And he says, but on the tip of my tongue is praise to the Lord, you know, and it's like, to me, it's like, here's a, here's a man who who's come to this living knowledge of God and even in his darkest day, yes. He he's governed more by what he sees in the supernatural realm, what he sees of God, and that influences the fact that he's praising God in the midst of his storm, you know, as opposed to someone who doesn't have faith, the same situation would cause bitterness and frustration and complaining in the tongue is just a reflection of what it is that we're looking at. eh? That's right. And it's like Paul, you know, as David was in, uh, with with afflictions going on and things happening, Paul just reading before these verses is talking about you know we're hard pressed but we're not crushed we're you know all these things that have been happening to him and yet I uh, can still declare who God is the goodness of Him um, and I love that that Psalm that David speaks that one that you just talked about Sam actually starts with I love you Lord mm-hmm. the first verse is I love you Lord. And I think what this kind of faith and the spirit of faith does for every believer that has it, it is a, it's, its spiritual senses are awakened, right? So the mouth speaks a different language. The ear hears a different fre- frequency. You know, it says taste and see that the Lord is good. It's, um, you know, it's it's our senses, these spiritual senses that come alive that causes us to participate. Yeah in the substance, you know, that we're now seeing, tasting, feeling, hearing (laughs) things that um, are unseen, but they are absolutely seen to the soul Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to the spirit and uh, becoming alive to it completely, that it is its reality. Yeah. And what what a divine order that we believed and then spoke. So it's not that we're speaking to try to believe. We're not saying things that aren't true to try to make things happen, I declare and say this sort of thing. This is, this is according to what is written. This has been written. This is what God has spoken. I've received that, and now I speak in accordance to that, rather than stepping out of line and, and creating my own version. And and the result of it, and I and I just see it as as you're both sharing that, um, that this speaking is being the result of this, I mean, it says here in verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. The pra- the fruit of our lips, the praise that comes out as a result of the same spirit that has already been deposited. 
just to pick on what you were saying there, Chris, isn't that where true authority comes from and the true power of the spoken word? Yeah. You know, it comes from um, believing the conviction and where, you know, the, the, the people of the day could determine between the scribe who just spoke yeah. words yeah. and the Christ who spoke the word yeah. Yeah. because he spoke from faith. He spoke from what he knew. Yeah. And what he had an absolute conviction of, and so the authority you speak is one with authority, yeah. Yeah. not like our scribes, you yeah. know. And so this reality of um, the manifestation, what you're describing on the inside, comes to the fore, and so you see the demonstration of this reality, but it's in a hidden place, yeah. and so that's why we must be imitators and not copiers, because it's like we try in the body of Christ, we try to copy. You know, the thing that comes to mind is works. You know, it's like all works come from the same place we're describing. Yeah. You know, the Bible says there are these works that have been prepared beforehand for us, that we are his workmanship. And so the reality, the, the, the synergy and the oneness and all this is incredible. And so it's not just about doing any work. Yeah. And in fact, we can't actually do the works of God unless they come from this realm of faith, you know, by by faith, by sight, like we looked at last week, eh? Noah built an ark. And so that's what qualifies it as a righteous act of the saints, which is the garment for the bride, you know, Revelation talks about. And so it's not just any work. It's And like we've looked at, I can't love you guys like I'm commanded to love unless I'm by faith, unless I've captured by revelation of hearing first and seeing and the substance of love within me yeah. to then be able to demonstrate a love so we become the manifestation of love you know so everything and the oneness in this one verse is incredible and yet it all starts like it says right there by having the same spirit and so the challenge is that we all have the same spirit isn't it you know it's like we actually come into the same spirit through the gospel uh, not man's gospel, not the words of the gospel, but the work of the gospel that births the spirit yeah. that creates the opportunity for us to enter the fullness now of having the same spirit, the same love, same mind, same purpose. You know, it just this narrow way, which is wide, of just this oneness where, as we looked at, where we partner with everyone else in the past, yeah. present, and the future that God is looking for her from generation to generation. Um, but it's all anchored in this unseen, seen one. Yes, yes. Just as you were talking there at the beginning, you, you were talking about authority, and I just mm. felt like I saw a bit more clearly this, mm. this encounter with the Roman centurion who says, I myself am a man under authority. So he understood what it looked like to be a part of this flow that starts from ahead because he said, I'm a man under authority and over people as well. And he, he recognized that when he was told something to do, he could tell to do, and this thing was of the same same kind. Yep. He, he didn't instigate stuff necessarily. He didn't step out of line and create his own version. So when he saw Christ turn up, he recognized a man under authority who wasn't stepping out of line and doing what he was told. And, and I, I was just with someone last night, and uh, he had done military service, and he said that in his country, within a couple of minutes, you can tell who else has been in military service through a conversation. He said there's a way that they talk, there's a, there's a sense, there's something about it, and you can see it in this Roman centurion. He goes, I recognize this, a man under authority. Therefore, I have confidence, not just in you, but in what you're under. 
this flow. And he had, and this is where the faith, because this was faith, right? Yeah. And how dangerous dangerous is it for someone to be in authority if they're not under authority? Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden they're leading people towards something that's not according to what's written, you know, mm. but according to what they want to do and achieve, you know. Yeah. And I think interesting to talk about the the centurion, you know, because you know he talks about in that passage coming under authority and receiving a healing for the servants. But Jesus takes things up a notch and says, you know, hey, your your ability to enter and to come under my authority and to know what it looks like to flow when you're in authority, that's going to qualify you to sit down at the banquet table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob yeah. in the kingdom of heaven, yeah. you know? And so this the, this man here, you can see, you know, he says, I, I, Jesus says, I haven't seen this much faith in all of Israel. Here's a man who saw something beyond the healing, but saw God's divine pattern that had an eternal um, consequence in the positive sense attached to it, eh? You know, that, that entering into this faith now is actually caught up in a much greater eternal purpose that, that, that Jesus had for his people. Eh? So... Are we saying that to really to come under authority, you need to be a faith? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know. And so, you know, authority is one of the greatest issues really, isn't it, today with man to submit to someone else. I'm not submitting to anybody, and yet we see within the context of God and his word, yeah. submission, surrender is the greatest, you know. I love you. Your role is to submit to me. But if I can't see, if I don't have faith, then I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a great idea. Yeah, you know, I, I think right. I'll try and create. Well, how about, Lord, I love you and you submit to me and we'll do it my way. You know, and then we have this thing called the marriage covenant. And, and then we have authority in the body of Christ. And this you know, authority can be seen as an absolute swear word. Yeah. You know, I'm not surrendering. I'm not coming under no one. This is my life. Yeah. And yet, like what we're talking I'm about, this boss. man could see. Yeah. And Jesus said, great faith. Yes. And so the connection between faith and authority is massive. Yeah. Yes. And a lack of authority and a lack of faith yes. is massive. And I loved what you were saying earlier about the authority, you know, between the scribes um, sharing the, the scriptures and then Christ coming with the authority to speak it. And how, again, with this faith, you know, the, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and I think to preach or to speak as Jesus but even for us today or in the past uh, to speak under that authority of the same kind of faith if you share the testimony of Jesus because you know it it's the same in the substance then it must have the profound prophetic pattern in in the power of that word spoken and the power because it's of the same substance so it almost begs the question of like, if we don't have that kind of faith, when we share the testimony of Jesus, uh, you know, it can just be words, but that kind of faith can hear the authority when it is proclaimed, you know, and it has the ability to cause someone of the same faith to uh, prophesy their their life in Christ into being, you know, to to follow the pattern is of Christ, you know, in their own lives. But it has that power and authority, right. you know, again of that same kind of faith, um, because it has the ability. But if yeah, 
it's <laughs> you can't not preach Christ knowing him and the word not having some sort of effect right do you know what I mean it's very hard to testify of his testimony of what he has already established yes. if you don't have faith yes. you know because once again it's not just a testimony Jesus in 1997 came into my life and saved me we're talking about testimonies of what Jesus has established and accomplished so yes. the testimony what Jesus has already done that is where one would prophesy from. So let me tell you about all the mysteries in the kingdom that are contained in the Christ because it's a work that's finished. Yes. Well, how on earth can I share testimony of what's hidden in that realm if I don't have faith? Yeah. You know, And that's the empowering aspect of yeah. a faith that sees and knows rather than a faith that hopes yeah. with an empty hope something, how somehow God's going to come through for me yeah. rather than let me share with you everything through revelation of what I know Jesus has already done and established for the church that creates this church of faith. And no wonder Paul said, you know, I no longer live. I've been crucified. You know, so back to this authority, back to the submission. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The will that's here has come under the authority of heaven. So I no longer want to see my will established on this earth. I surrender that and I surrender uh, to the functional will of the Lord. And I live by faith in Christ. You know, you can just see the transition of going from a man who lived by his own pride and his own intellect of what he thought he knew in the law coming under because Christ entered into him and then Christ then raising him up to another standard called faith. Yeah. And I think that's really what this is, isn't it? It's, it's a standard. It's a, it's a bar that you can't live to unless you're in Christ. Yeah. You know, we try to live this earthly life and we sort of attach this thing called faith. He's like, no, no, this is another standard. And this is an eternal standard like we're going to get to. It's not within your capability yeah. without me. Hence, if you don't come under me, you'll just sort of struggle through life. Mm. You won't live as the church of Jesus Christ to that level of faith. Well, I live by faith. Mm. And, and it was like, just to tie that back into what Sam was saying about the centurion, you know, where he wasn't just looking at this miracle in this moment. You know, we so easily go, this is a moment. And I think one of the traps for us is that we look at faith as though it's a momentary thing we go well by faith jesus made loaves multiply but he was in faith it wasn't something that might have been manifested in a moment um and you know just as we were going through some of these passages here you know i I read hebrews 11 and it talks about abraham by faith offered his son isaac you know and we see this faith that's in a moment but if you go back Earlier it says, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise. So this isn't something that he just turned on. This was something that was his whole life. you know. And so Paul, as he's talking about the qualifications of faith, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. He's not going... I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do, which is coming back to this authority thing again. And when I need a miracle, I'm going to exercise faith. 
He's like, my life has been completely gone and I am found in Christ. And that's really, to me, what the fullness of this authority thing looks like. It's not we're our own gods doing our own thing and we're going to step into it and talk about this thing that's happened to me once upon a time. The testimony is the power of this coming into my life and changing me on the inside. I believe, therefore I spoke. And it's not something that might just manifest in a moment. It's actually dictating the course of my life. It's causing me to go from a land that I know to a land that I don't know. I don't even know what's there but I'm going. And I always say it can't manifest in a moment if it's not actually an indwelling all day, every day, something that you see and live from. eh? It reminds me of the, um, you know, the the sons of Sceva and Acts, and they see the the disciples doing miracles, you know, and, you know, they want in a moment to replicate what they see as as being outworked through faith, you know. And so there's, was it in in the name of Jesus Jesus who Paul preaches, you know, and what is it that the demons somehow like leap out of them and, or, or like, you know, yeah. like manifest through through them and go and, and, and attack the very people, you know. Um, and so it, it couldn't come out in a moment because it wasn't something that was um, intrinsic and innate and something that they lived from here. I think one of the powerful pictures for me of faith is the mustard seed. If this is faith and it's a mustard seed, what's happening to this seed? Is it going to turn into a tree overnight? Is it going to become something or is it that God the gardener waters it increases it and causes this thing to grow and and it you know like you're saying it's something that that has to be this new kind that is planted must grow and continue to grow it's not something that gets turned off and turned on we don't leave the seed walk away from it turn around and expect it to be a tree there has to be a process there has to be this growth that God's the author of and and that's where I feel like people we we step out of it because this momentary faith isn't actually what he's talking about. We see it in a moment and we get distracted by this. Now, miracles are awesome, you know. I love that and and please, Lord, more. But the faith and works thing I think turns up here that when you're in faith, the works come rather than seeking the works without necessarily the faith. And that's the I believe, therefore I spoke. This has been this has been formed, and something is coming out. Yeah, the works are evidence of the faith. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to mm. looking for the works to prove this. Yes. No, this is already here. Like Jesus said, the first work is to believe. That's right. That's right. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and all that is the complete transformation of the body of Christ, isn't it, internally and externally, you know, so faith plays such a massive part in internal change, you know, and we're going to look at that where it says we're going, um, you know, from strength to strength, renewed in my inner man, and what role does faith play in that, and then what role does faith play in external expression of, of this faith being lived out through Signs and wonders through feeding the lost, uh, reaching the lost, feeding the poor, uh, giving someone a hug, you know, all these types of things. But I think, you know, that the, the difference and the power difference between a faith that's of substance and a faith that's wishy-washy, you know, and, and almost this sort of um, 
cry, which is quite weak. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that we're to overcome the world by the substance of faith. Mm. You know, and 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 yet, you know, I don't know. There just seems to be this this sort of weak uh, articulation of something that isn't faith at all. Yeah. Um, you know, and and yet, as you're saying, Chris, it's a growing reality. So, yeah. the more I come to know what is concealed in Christ, the unseen but seen one, which is the eternal, which is the eternal life, which, you know, and I think this is the difference between an eternal faith and what we describe as faith, which isn't really faith at all. It's just this temporal thing that doesn't actually do you what true eternal faith does. Um, and and so it's so essential that we are in this eternal faith, which is connected to this eternal life, yeah. which is Christ himself. And Jesus said, on the revelation of the eternal life myself, mm. of seeing what's within me and hearing, I build my church. Mm. And the church that I build, the gates of Hades don't overpower. So we're now back to this, I live by faith in the Son who overcomes the world and yeah. the gates of Hades. Yeah. The church that only Jesus builds and imparts revelation, which creates faith which creates a manifestation on the inside, which means I'm getting stronger and stronger on the inside. So when the challenges of the world come, I overcome them yeah. because I'm a man or woman of faith, yeah. not this, oh, my goodness, panic mode, searching for scriptures, searching for declaration, memorization yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm a man of revelation. I'm a woman of revelation, and I have a revelation of the word which creates faith. Yeah. And so I don't even jump around the room. I just stand and resist. Because what's in me is greater than what's coming at me because I'm a person of faith. Sight in the unseen and a knowledge of the unseen that enables me to be built. You know, and the Bible says, isn't it, the kingdom of God is unshakable. So if my foundation is in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is within me through faith, then I've got a greater foundation than an earthly one. And so I truly am living from the eternal, which is Christ in me, eternal life. Um, yeah, just as you're talking about that, you know, just before the passage that we read, um, verse 13, where it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, Paul says, uh, the, the title of, of verse 7 to, to 13 is, um, cast down but unconquered, <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it's so free of the earthly reality. It's not my, my rent is due and I've got nothing, therefore I'm, I'm all over. It's actually free of that because it's looking to an eternal reality and it says we're hard-pressed on every side yet not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. You know, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Wow, what are you talking about? This life is manifested in your flesh? You You mean that when someone cuts you off, your world doesn't? get turned upside down mm. you mean that when a tragedy happens in your life you're not crushed mm. you're free of it because you're living to a greater reality because you've seen something which is beyond what's right in front of you right. to the point that he says all things are for your sakes <laughs> that that even in that you're not even you don't go oh i got no money for shopping and, and i'm not saying that that's not a problem it is a problem but he says even when that happens because you are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed 
He says grace is being spread. Wait a minute. I've got no money for shopping. Grace is being spread. That thanksgiving may come out of your life because of what it is that you've partaken of that trumps this problem that is actually a real problem, but it's not going to wreck you. Yeah, and and you have to have faith to live this, don't you? Because yeah. right. as you know, although we haven't got to all the scriptures, but we are getting to the scriptures, <laughs> yeah. um, and we are we, we're saying it, it. It Paul has something to compare that to. Yeah. yeah. And so what he's looking at, he's comparing what he's going through, crushed, perplexed, but not despairing. But in comparison to, I realize this reality is actually present uh, is creating the opportunity for more eternal glory to be formed but that's a decision isn't it you know that's an active decision in a moment because let's be honest the flesh wants to run from that and yet he's going no actually this is an opportunity for a greater reality but i'm also seeing something that's greater which enables me to stay in process which is faith yeah and i think that that what he just said for me is is the key. What he saw, you know, and I think it says in, in verse eighteen, you know, he says um, he talks about you know um, this affliction that he's going through, um, and that it's forming in him an eternal weight of glory, you know. But then he says, while we look not at the things which are seen but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, you know? Yeah. And to me, that's that's the key. You know, anyone can go through hard stuff, and lots of people do, you know? But not anyone can go through that and have the same attitude and the same perspective and to see that all of this is actually for the sake of the glory of God being manifested on the earth and the church of God growing in maturity. And this is actually for my own transformation, you know, that takes a certain kind of perspective, a certain kind of sight to be able to live that way, you know. Otherwise, the same situation will produce in you bitterness and frustration and a different kind of language and a different kind of talking and a different kind of testifying, you know, which isn't according to the revelation of of Christ, isn't according to the the absolute goodness of who he is and his faithfulness to to, to work in us this eternal weight of glory, you know, it's such an indestructible position, eh? And without it, the, oh, sorry, Chris, I, didn't, I only saw you in the mirror and I was like, oh, he's about to speak, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, uh, and the world will conquer you if you don't have that kind of faith. Yeah. And what you were just describing, um, Chris, I loved it. And it makes me think of um, this, um, I love sitting on this thought of being, um, conquered captives in Christ, you know, where he's actually conquered us and we are now uh, bonded, you know, mm. to him. And and I think it comes back to, again, the intrinsic worth of us as believers by this faith of Christ being in us, this weight of glory that's renewing us day by day. That's a, a intrinsic value that that will withstand you know hard things that are happening and circumstances and uh persecution and all of that it it will stand because it its intrinsic worth outweighs you know the the uh evaluation of others around it you know and it says um in job actually i loved this it, it said you know Man does not know his value, and it can't be found in the land of the living. Mm. And it's this like, man doesn't know his immense value, 
and it can't be found in the world. The world actually couldn't afford to pay for man's worth, you know, but heaven could and heaven did through his son. And, and it's that reality that I think, again, it's like Paul, uh, you know, saying things like it's for your sake, you know, that we're delivered over for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Death works in us, but life in you. That, you can't live that way, uh, you know, giving yourself out for others for that sake. And I think I think of that other verse where Paul talks about, you know, I, sometimes I wish that I was cut off for the sake of my brethren. Who says that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a kind of love. That's a kind of faith that yeah. uh, can say such intense things, you know. Um, and... But because I believe Paul, and I think this is for all of us to come into being renewed daily, is to know the intrinsic worth of Christ in us, that it can't be found in the world. Yeah. It can't be found in the, the land of the living. And, and that's why I like Abraham and all those guys. It says that, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't find their home in their earthly surroundings, yeah. that yeah. they longed for something beyond what their eyes could see that they longed for the unseen and for that reason that's why god said these are my people these are my people because they know their home in me and they know the substance and the intrinsic worth is from my son the spirit of christ in them um which has now taken me somewhere (laughs) (laughs) but isn't isn't that (laughs) him perfecting this reality of faith you know so just we're back to again it's the start having the same spirit as is written Mm. so this absolute conviction that's greater than what you're going through and it puts what you're going through in perspective you know and who where do i get this faith from from the author and he perfecter so like we said before chris it grows Mm. he's going to perfect it until the end so the work i started in you philippians 1 6 through the gospel which is where all everything is found isn't it the gospel you've received you know um i'm going to finish the work of perfecting you in alignment to my faith not not mine his faith in me so often we talk about he's the perfecter of my faith well then my faith better be his faith yeah, that's right. because it's he's perfected me in an alignment to his version of what's written. And that's a people that's indestructible. You know, it's not based on a, on a physical law. You know, it's based on an indestructible life of an order of another kind. Yeah. And so we become the first fruits of this other kind of people that are eternal. Um. I was just thinking about what you said before, Mel, about uh, Job, and he says, uh, Job says, he knows the way that I will take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Mm. Um, and I was I was going to share this passage in Peter, which is talking about this process that we go through. It says, um, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, 
though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm like, man, this is the substance, this gold that he talks about that we would have at his appearing, something that has been through a process, been refined, that has walked through something and come out shining on the other side because of where it started and what it lived in accordance to through process. And I think to me that that's why it, it, it shows that you know what what you see must in the unseen must be of greater value than what you are going through in, in the yes. physical and the natural for this to be able to trump this you know and in every other environment it's it's perfectly reasonable that that's the case when you're buying some anything you're buying a house you have to judge the house as greater value than the money that you're letting go yeah. to be able to purchase it yeah, you know right. it's just life 101 yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> and i think it's like and this it's the same in the spirit you know paul is saying that that what i see and value in the unseen is of greater worth yeah. than than my my own physical life here and now this what i've seen is so motivating yeah. i'm living for something that's higher and greater and 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 having this you know you talked about this this eternal weight of glory formed in me mm. and like you're saying now formed in us as yeah. as the body you know is of far greater value than having a comfortable nice life and in fact i can go through all of those things for the sake of what it is that that god is is looking to to do and to work in us as as his people hey eh? you yeah. know so thanks for you wonder just you know that that you mentioned the word test and you mentioned the word test, you know, from the scriptures and it does make me wonder how many times we run away yeah. from what God allows yeah. the test. You know, I think the, the enemy comes to tempt, yeah. but God tests, yeah. you know, and in the temptation, there's a test, you know, and, uh, but I would just wonder how many times we actually run away from the test that's going to produce a greater faith. And then because it's not, doesn't even fit, our perspective of what Christianity is. Yeah. You know, imagine um, Paul turning up and he is this, life will be great in God. Jesus is going to make your life great because everything's fine with you now and you're going to have that. And it's like, you know, Jesus never promised us that things wouldn't go wrong or yeah. bad from a perspective of humanity. Yeah. But he said, I promise you a life of joy, peace, yeah. substance, faith yeah. that will overcome that. Yeah. And I'm going to test, you know, and the test is a blessing. Yeah. To test, to show you, you know, to measure, are you in the reality that I died for you to have? Are you in the reality that you are predestined to know so you can be with all these other Abrahams, Isaacs, and Jacob who are alive and well? Yeah. You know, I'm the God of the living. And unless I test you, and unless I allow things to test you, how will you ever know if you're really in a faith more precious than gold? You know, and so I just if if you if you're watching, don't run away from the things that God allows sometimes because you could be running away from the test that's gonna actually birth a greater measure of something we need called faith. Yeah. And so often the running away is not even the physical removing of ourselves. We can run away by our attitude, you know, yeah, yeah. where something comes up and, and our attitude towards what's in front of us will determine whether we allow it to to have an eternal 
eternal value as you know as the Holy Spirit ministers to us and brings us into a greater reality of Christ or our attitude can close the door to him actually working within us you know and two people can go through exactly the same situation one has the perspective of this is for this is has the potential to form in me an eternal weight of glory another can close himself off from the situation it's just as tough. Like the situation is going to be just as hard regardless of what your attitude is. But actually, what if what if your attitude facilitated something of eternal value? Actually, you find that you find yourself liberated above that situation. And it's actually maybe not as bad as what you thought because of what you see in the unseen realm is actually um, producing in you a greater substance of Christ's life and his nature that empowers you to to go through that very thing with his perspective, you know. That's um that's the difference between God get me out of this situation and God walk with me through this. You know, where one goes all that God wants to do for, is to prosper me and take me out of hard stuff. And if that's your mindset, then you actually haven't received the same spirit of faith because you're not living in accordance with what we've se- what's been written and what we've seen, which is Christ, who said, "If it's possible, take me out of this, but nevertheless, your will be done, because I'm not stepping out of line here." And you you read in Hebrews where it says it talks about these people that were examples of faith. Some of them didn't accept deliverance because they were looking for a better resurrection. So because what it was that they had sought of, which was eternal. They were going for to the point where they went. Now you might get some great glory here, God, in saving me from out of this thing. But what do you want to do here? I'm prepared to lay it all down on the line and and walk in this to the end. And Jesus did it. And Peter, who turns around and goes, "Be it far from you, Lord." You know, Jesus rebuked him and said, "Get behind me! You're looking at the things of man, not the things of God. Your your perspective is so." one-dimensional you're bound to the things of the earth this is the wisdom of the world that wants to save who you think is your delivering messiah come to to redeem israel in the flesh when actually i've come to redeem israel of the spirit you know and he says you know a case in point he's talking to the pharisees and says you are of your father the devil you do the things that he does if you were of your father abraham you would be like this. And so he's in the physical, speaking of a kind that's completely not physical at all, yeah. and he's calling it out. Yeah. It's yeah. powerful. And I um, just, uh, you know, the cool thing about today, guys, is we're not in a hurry. You know, we've got all day, and um, and you've got all day at home. So we're just going <laughs> to keep going. Normally by now we'd uh, we'd be maybe going to lunch in the cafe, whatever, but um, there's just the four of us here, and, and Reef's doing such a good job. So uh, we're just going to continue on. So feel free to stop if you want and close us down, and you can fire us back up later on. We'll still be here <laughs> and go get some lunch or just stay with us. But, you know, just... Um, that email again, greg at therock.org.nz, greg at therock.org.nz. I've just got my phone here, so I'm checking if you have questions, because it would be great to get some questions in relation to what you've heard. But um, verse 14, I think, is just real powerful um, and speaks to what we're speaking of, You know, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Um, Jesus and will present us with you 
you know, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus, so God took this person, Jesus' son, who was dead, and raised him. Mm. And I love, here's the promise, will raise us also yeah. and will present us with you, you know. And, and so often we can think, oh, that's in the future. But it's both. Mm. It's now and the future. You know, 1 Corinthians 6.14 talks about the power that raised Jesus from the grave will be the same power that raises us, us up. And like we've been looking at, it's raised to a new standard. Mm. It's raised with power to be able to live this life of faith. You know, it says in, in uh, Corinthians around, if you don't live by faith, it's a sin. And we know that we've been saved from past, present, future sin. So it's not even relating to that aspect of sin, but more of if I don't live to the standard, I'm missing the mark. You know, I'm missing the mark, sin, to which I've been predestined to live for because Jesus came. He died for the nature and the power of sin to hold me, to birth me and to bring me forth so I can live a life of power in an alignment to faith now, to see and come into more and more of what's in this eternal um, and I just guess we want us to go to verse 16 and we've been unpacking this but just read it out and just unpack it a bit more you know therefore we do not lose heart but though our outer man is decaying yet our inner man is being renewed day by day it might be good just to share some of this inner realm like giving testimony to this inner realm that's being renewed and I love it day by day yeah, you know, it's not year by so year. Yeah. It's not 20 years ago when I, you know, had an encounter with the Lord. It's daily. Yeah. You know, there's a daily thing. So anyone want to kick us off there? Well, well an example of, of that in a small uh, a small regard is um, just, just this week I was talking with Bella about how I said, oh, what's your favorite song? And she said, oh, it's this. And I said, well, is that still your favorite song? And she's like, Actually, no, it's not. And she had in her head that her favorite song was this one that she used to listen to years ago. But what's happened is that she's being transformed and what it was that resonated with her years ago doesn't resonate with her anymore because there's life on the inside that is hungry for the life of its kind, not the old life that used to be there. And and I feel like, you know, we talk about this often where... We shouldn't be the same as we were yesterday. We're being transformed into his likeness. You know, the things that used to tick us off don't tick us off anymore. The things that used to hold us back don't hold us back anymore. The things that we struggled with actually have disappeared and we haven't even thought about them anymore, you know, because we are being transformed into his likeness and it's like we become what we behold. Mm. And as we see him, like you were saying, Greg, this this faith that we've tasted, well, it leaves you wanting more of this. You know, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, well, what are you going to hunger for? If you have have a, a juicy steak, are you going to want tofu after that? You know, sorry for the, all the vegans out there. You know, if you're vegan, that's great. But but when when you've tasted something better, who goes back to the old? You know, and there's a, there's a parable about that. Once you've tasted this new wine, do you desire the other stuff? No, you 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 want the good stuff, and and I feel like, you know, oftentimes, um, well, the best is when the people around you notice, rather than you yourself. You know, often it's your spouse, because they're the ones that are the closest to you and the most honest. 
you know, and and I, I've had instances where Bella's turned around and gone, man, you you're different. That that would have derailed you before, you know. Someone turns up and does something, and you don't need to respond like you used to respond because you're separate from it, you know. So this is this is this internal transformation that sees you being freer and freer of the things that are so temporary and and they are momentary. Even the big stuff is momentary, you know? Yeah. That's good. Any other thoughts, guys, in relation to um, your own sort of, you know, inner man being renewed day by day? Yeah, I think uh, for me, um, I'm just trying to find Ephesians 3. Um can you find that for me while I concentrate on what I want to say? Um, that day by day, you know, the the degree by degree being strengthened in him, it's kind of like um, I've, you know, it, 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 day by day can just seem like a little bit almost that you can not notice it until something happens that you find is a you know, I have a You're different tested. response or, yeah, tested and and that then your faith is proved genuine and, we, you know, I rejoice in that and I go, oh, yay. And then I realize like God's saying, you know, it's not to prove to me, it's, it's almost to show you, to prove to you that your faith in me is genuine and what I'm doing in you is genuine. Um, but I think one of the things for me where uh, this renewing strength by strength day by day is uh, the potential just seems to keep increasing. And it's almost like so in great and intense that it's sort of like, God, give me the strength to actually comprehend. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's like, um, I remember years ago, like years ago, Sam actually gave me this word of um, the sight of like having a telescope and, and he was saying that, um, you know, God's God's given you sight to see and it's like you're looking across the water to these you know this beautiful mountain range or something like that and it's wide perspective and he's like but he's going to he's going to increase what you see and he's going to show you more and at the time I remember thinking I don't know if I can handle that you know uh but that was so many years ago and now I I see that you know and it's like it's the limitless potential mm. of the manifold wisdom of God that just continues to increase and increase and but but I guess the the potential of seeing that just widens goes deeper you know um it it does it creates this constant uh hunger totally satisfied but this constant hunger of like Man, I thought I believed, but today the believing, it's yeah. like what to believe, who yeah. to believe, uh, how much uh, he's asking us to stake our lives on him mm. um, is, yeah, it, it confronts me every day, you know. Um, what is my day being used for? Mm. Am I, am I, do I wake up open to the possibilities of what he wants to do today? Am I open and flexible to who he's going to bring into my path? What is it he wants to say in the moment, you yeah. know, which takes, has taken me away, I guess, in a really good way, away from uh, the disciplines where I think I got quite rigid with my time with him. Um, I felt like, if you took that time away from me with him, it would I would sort of get quite anxious or edgy about it, you know. But it's it's this life that 
you know, I've come to learn that it, it's so continuous and abundant that I don't have to fear lack, you know, that I don't have to fear that my that if I don't give it enough time, I'm not going to grow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it yeah, it comes with, for me, it's come with a rest as well and just uh, the fullness of God. Oh, and Sorry, I'll come back to with the Ephesians thing where um, I think one of the, the verses that have has always... I've gone, yes, I hear that, but do I believe that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that really possible? Will I really get to experience that now, like mm. on the earth, you know? But is um, Ephesians where, uh, in Ephesians 3 verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge mm. that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm like, what? You know, but it says, you know, Paul's praying for us that we would be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man to be able to even comprehend this. Mm. I mean, to be fulfilled with the fullness of God. And I, I know I've, I've heard someone mention it here before, but it, that fullness of God mentions, you know, a town with every house that is full, um, a house that has every room that is full. Mm. And it's so he's he's promising that, every part of our being can be fulfilled with the fullness of God. Mm. Yes. So. And it's based, isn't it, they say, back to this, in accordance to a faith that's written. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not on the basis of wishful thinking. It's not on the basis of this or that. It's on the basis of a faith in accordance to a kind of a reality that Christ wants to form himself within us and establish himself in us yes. through our ability to hear and then see what is in him that's right and you can't get away from this oneness reality no, you know no. it's it's the simplicity of it's all contained within him yes and so this inner life can only be experienced through the revelation of the christ yes. the substance of the christ you know i've got great testimony of both where my outer man is decaying, mm. you know, my, you guys know my knees are full of arthritis and, you know, when I went to see the knee surgeon five years ago, he told me I was a 90 year old man mm. and my knees, you know, and they're both going to need replacing. And, and this one at the moment's given me a chip. I know my outer man is decaying, yeah. you know, that's put my back out a little bit, you know, so I know what it is, but I also know, you know, the, the rest I've been living from for 10, 11 years now. And um, through seeing, and then the substance says in Hebrews, those who enter into his rest cease from their works. Mm. Yeah. And the reality of living from a Sabbath, eternal place, uh, not a day off, yeah. you know, not taking seven days off, yeah. not going on holiday. It doesn't matter how many days off you take. That mm. is not going to form right. Sabbath rest mm. unless on your day off, you get revelation of what's within the Christ, yeah. you know, but most of the time, let's be honest, we're probably going on holiday and we're not even thinking about God. Yeah. Um, so this dimension of then this in your eternal substance, even though your physical body can be in pain, even though your physical hair is falling out, even though you once looked like X, now you look like Y, that's all temporal. That's in a flesh suit that's perishing. Yeah. That That's connected to the earth mm. where this other reality is connected to an eternal. I love the scripture that says um, the spirit of, of a man can endure his sickness. Mm. 
you know, it's like it's not connected. There's a separation, and that's what we, I guess, we're talking about, isn't it? This, this capacity within you, through this thing called faith, a five-letter word, but in accordance to the reality of heaven. Um, and I know that's defined so much of myself. This Sabbath rest, yes. you know. Oh, that's cool. Uh, for me, you know, it says, yeah, and a man is being renewed day by day. Mm-hmm. And I think often I, you know, in, in thinking about what's a, what's a, um, how can I testify of what, what God has done? Often I'll think for significant moments where I've met with Him. But I think in, when I take a step back, I'm like, actually, probably the greatest and most powerful things that happen are actually just the day-to-day mm. you know it's like if, if i think back and in, in terms of like how do i how do i see things um differently to a year ago i'm like man i've got such a different perspective on life and you know my pers- my perspective on you know like like the the value of people has so dramatically changed, you know, that I know that there's a there's a love in my heart for people that I can be present in the moment with people in a way that I never could before, you know? And um my perspective on my work, you know, and coming into work and being able to to, to serve and, and see people there is, is so different than coming to do a job, you know? Or and and my perspective of 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 even who who God is, you know, and I just think you know, a number of years ago, you know, um, like a sense of of needing to constantly please Him, mm. and I feel like that it's I can't necessarily pinpoint a moment, but I'm like, man, I just don't, I don't see like that anymore. You know, I feel so, um, so free from performance based yeah. relationship. You know, and it's like those. I feel like it's all of those underlying things. That it's not it's not necessarily that there's been one boom moment, but I'm like, man, I've o- over the last you know weeks and months, I've I feel like I've constantly been been changing, and and all of that's contributed to who I am today, and um, and so I feel like that's you know it's the sense of of continual renewing, you know, um, which isn't necessarily pinpointed by a, a particular encounter, but just by simply being in him and, and abiding and, and, and that sort of thing. So that's a, no, that, that abiding rather than we naturally look for a, a get rich quick scheme, you know, or a I wanna be buff, I wanna be super muscly, or I wanna be good at the guitar, but I don't want to put the time in. I just want it to happen for me. And I and I love that, eh? Like I remember when I first got saved I I had a horrible sense of humour, you know, there's just the things that used to make me laugh were just off, you know especially in light of Christ, you know, and what it is that he says that we should be dwelling on. But how do you turn off a sense of humor? If you genuinely find it funny, you find it funny, you know. And I just remember going, God, I just, I have these things that make me laugh and I just genuinely like them. And I can't change it, you know, but I, but I ask you to help with that, step into that and change it. And I, I don't even remember it happening, but I just remember turning around and going, after a period of time, period of time, going, I'm just not even attracted to that anymore. I don't find that funny, or I see differently, you know. And I, I guess, um, you know, the day by day thing. I, I just was sitting on the couch the other morning, and I was having my coffee, and it's my quiet time, one of my quiet times, you know, just sitting there and and um, trying to get something in. 
and uh, one of the children come along and they're climbing on me and jumping and bouncing and all the rest of it and I'm like, well, that, you know, there goes the quiet time. <laughs> and, um, and Bella looked at me and she said, how do you do that? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you're not even phased by that. And I was like, and I just was like, man, this, this hasn't always been me, you know? Like I haven't always, they say that you inherit patience from your children. <laughs> but um, but, but they I really... expose your lack. <laughs> or they expose your lack. And isn't that beautiful? So I love what you were saying before, Mel, about when these things turn up, when these things are, are tested, sometimes it's tested to show our lack. Sometimes it's tested to help us to recognize what it is that he's done. You know, it's not always a negative, oh, you're falling short. Actually, you're free. Look at this. This is turning up and shaking you, and you're not who you used to be. And like you, Sam, you might not be able to pinpoint it to a moment, but you recognize that through this process of allowing him sovereignty, yeah. you you seeking to abide and just letting him do what it is that he will do, yes. he does it. And as I read it, I mean, we're going back to um, verse 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Mm. How's that? We don't lose heart. All of this stuff's happening. The outward man's perishing. Things are turning up. The rent's due. Crushed, but not in despair. You don't lose heart. Actually, the confidence that you had at the beginning is still there. Do not throw away your first yes, confidence. Yes. That's so yep. important. Totally. And I think, you know, it is. It's in that that daily process. I think, you know, to me that if well, this is why faith is so important, because if you t to see what it is that God is inviting us to, mm -hmm. you know, that you don't lose heart, even even if you're going through something that either exposes where you're, where you're not, you know. And I know for me that, like, if I just think about, like, uh, I feel like I live with such a sense of. Um, of of seeing what it or who it is that God is calling me to be, yeah. that if there's something in me, just in the daily grind, yeah. you know, that doesn't reflect that, I feel like there's a there's a yearning, you know, for Him to do a greater work within me that would make me into the the image of of who He is, you know, and yeah. so it's it's like day in day out because that I feel like that governs me. It's like every Every moment is an opportunity. Every little time that that something happens at work, every time that something happens at home, you know, it's like there's, there's a yearning for him to be fully um, in me and through me and coming out of me at every moment and every attitude and every, you know, like every part of who I am being conformed to who he is, you know, and I feel like that that sense is is with me twenty four seven. And and it's not a it's like I feel like it says we we don't lose hope because it's it's not a constantly bringing up your lack. Yeah. It's the, the promise is always before my eyes, you know. And so there's there's an there's in every moment an opportunity to enter in to what it was is that he wants to do in and through me, you know. And and, and what does it look like in a moment when Sam shows up? And and it's not a manifestation of Christ. It it looks like needing to be humble enough to acknowledge that, um, and to be and to and for that not to derail me, but to to drive me into Him. And to me, that's the that the we do not lose heart. You know, 
I, I agree. That's that, that's the faith part because part of this faith picture is that we know who we are. He's predestined us and called us, and we're fully accepted. And so, you know, I'm the same. I mean, I'll, I'll just have a moment of honesty here. You know, one of the times when we were up on the stage, and I'm like going, and we're sharing with the congregation. I'm like, man, I don't even want to be here. You know, and I was just like, God, what? You know, and and there's this little voice going, oh, what happens if you get exposed for not being in whatever and I and I was just like brought it to the Lord and I was like do you know what if I get exposed for not being who I think I am or what it is that I think I'm in then actually that's okay great because let's let's find out where we're really at because that's not gonna change who I am it's only gonna you know it's gonna be influential in my approach oh god Help me with this. I thought I knew this, and now I don't. So when the things of life turn up and they apparently have the capacity to derail derail you, you go, actually, I'm I'm in the substance of faith. I'm I can't be derailed because who I am isn't up for grabs. Yes, yes. And who's determining you right. is the author of yeah. your faith. And if he's kind about it, that's all that matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if he his appraisal of you yep. and your worth and what he is perfecting in you you know it's his work that he's perfecting yeah do you know what i mean and so um yeah we can't dismiss it because of moments of lack you know and on the back of it is the potential for the greatest victory anyway you know think about david and Bathsheba. he's he he's a man of god he's a prophet he's been called to be the king and he finds himself on the rooftop thinking things that he shouldn't think and acting in ways that he shouldn't act and he gets exposed and what does he do? He says, before you alone, O Lord, I've sinned. I've been caught out. But now I know something that I didn't know before. I see more clearly. And and he had to, in the process of that, be able to come to his father and allow his father to speak what this moment really looks like, not what it could have looked like according to what the population thought or what everyone else thought. He lived according to one definition. Totally. And I think that willingness for that in every moment it's never about others it's always about what god is doing in me you know to me that that's so that's the indestructible this indestructible place you know it's like in in marriage and family and work it, it's never about how i'm being treated it's always about what what god wants to form in me you know and all of a sudden life facilitates an opportunity to grow in him as opposed to taking away from yeah what it is that we thought that we wanted all along, you know. I was looking at this some time ago and then it came up this morning and I think it's just it's connected to just the reality of knowing who who you are and what you're called for. Mm. You know, and it says this and it's in relation to discipleship, but everyone after he has been fully trained will be like his teacher. Mm. You know. Um and this knowing that there's a purpose behind everything yeah. rather than just well, I go through this thing because I go through it, but what for? Like yeah. why, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, therefore we do not lose heart. Well, in the context of what he's gone through, you know, you need this faith, yeah. you know. Um, Bible says guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. If stuff gets in your heart, yeah. you're done. You know, now God heals the broken hearted, but there's obviously, you know, like 
we're to have um, a shield of faith. You're to have a breastplate to guard the place of knowledge, the place of understanding, the place of enlightenment. You know, Jesus came to enlighten every man. The place of life is in the heart. And these words, you know, they can sound lofty. You know, therefore do not lose heart, but not when it's connected to faith. It's a reality that Paul lived. You know, and so the, it, it just as you guys are talking, this absolute need for what we've been talking about this morning, a faith as is written. Yeah. Because how do you not lose heart when you are shipwrecked? Yeah. How do you not lose heart when you are stoned? Yeah. How do you not lose heart when you are whipped five times, 39 times? Yeah. Not once, like Christ, five times, 39 times. How do you not lose heart when you... When, when what you're looking at is not happening in front of you, yeah. when you're going through <laughs> perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. I mean, certainly this could all sound lofty, can't it? And I've had that word said to me, this all sounds lofty. It sounds unattainable, unachievable, and it is in us, isn't it? Um, and yet this daily, I love that, that the word when you guys were talking about daily comes... Um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, who would give me daily, not just physical food, but revelation upon revelation of the Son, for he is the bread of life that enables me for my inner realm again to change, you know. Um, I just want us to talk about for a little bit maybe verse 17, you know, because this dimension of for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. I'll read 18.2. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And Paul considers shipwreck, beatings, having no one to share his heart with, momentary, light. Yeah. <laughs> You know, affliction, but this reality is producing for us an eternal, and I think that's the key word again. Faith is associated with the eternal, a weight, you know, not heavy, but it's weighty yeah. of this glory. Which, you know, like how about um, Haggai said, you know, there's this glory which is the, 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 in, the, in the Old Testament, but there's a greater glory to come mm. and that the church is to be ministers of this glory, yeah. you know, and that the glory is to now be in the new vessel, not in a, in a building, but in, in the vessel, the temple of God. Yeah. And so it's producing this glory that sits in the church. Back to what you said, uh, Mal, about Ephesians, mm. you know, that the fullness of God, and I think it's Ephesians 3, 20 or maybe no, 21, that says that God would fill the church with glory, you know, not the building, yeah. you know, and so often we confuse church with a building, but the people of God would be full. And so if you're full of this glory because of faith, certainly life is momentary light affliction compared to what you're being prepared for. So any thoughts around that? Is that lofty or is that real? I think it's a high call, <laughs> you know. And but I but I love it that in in the sense so lofty, like you said, it's unattainable in your own strength, and so it should be. You know, we yeah. serve a big God, and and like I said um, at the start, you know, that He's the author and the perfecter of this. If 
he's the one that does the impossible, you know, without God, you know, it's not possible, but in him it is possible. So, you know, thank God it is lofty. And I think when we see it for what it is, we go, how can I ever get there? I can't get there. Great. God, what are you going to do, you know, and, and invite him into that. Um, I think it's really similar to, to what we were talking before in the sense that it's um, our outward man's perishing. Um, this light affliction, yeah, it's exactly exactly what you're saying with Paul. He he finds himself in these situations that are would break most people, you know, would cause them to be derailed, cause them to reconsider their faith, if you want to say it like that, because that's what we say. But the faith that we're talking about is is never to be reconsidered because it's not something that's up for grabs. It's a substance that is it it's who you are becoming. And I, I just want to talk about maybe um, John there where it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And I think that's so powerful. And I've had instances in my own life where it's not just what God says that I do, it's what he speaks that I become. That as this word becomes flesh in my own life, it has the power not just to transform the way that I think, but who I actually am. Yeah. And we can't do that. I can't change myself. I can, I can follow a 10-step process and, and act differently. But when we're talking about the heart, he's the one that has the capacity to make this new creation manifest in my life. And, and you know, I, can, I could talk about that where this word has become flesh in my life. And all of a sudden, the outer man is perishing, but the new man is becoming alive where there might be an external circumstance that's turned up but it kind of doesn't really have much effect because of what's happening in here, because of what it is that I've seen and because of who I am becoming and the life that's generated here doesn't even doesn't affect it, you know? And it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's not without consequence. You know, I don't want to diminish what these light afflictions can be. He doesn't say yeah. it's like a mosquito and I swat it away. He says, actually, these are real things, you know, real enough that I'm going to talk to you about them and use them to, to give evidence of the, the measure of this life. Um, and, you know, like I was talking before about the shopping, not being able to pay for your rent or they're not nothing. They're not insignificant. They're real challenges. You know, if you lose a loved one, man, that's that's a real thing. But <laughs> they go to show the measure of what it is that we've received because it's in comparison to. Which is to motivate us, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's to motivate us into who we're called to be, yeah. to live to the standard which is eternal, not temporal. Yeah, right. I think that's the thing, is that you have to capture the, the purpose for it yeah. and the why. Um, I love what you're saying there, because they are. They're, they're real, real challenges. They're the trials, tribulations, you know, that yeah. we're going to face. Yeah. But God yeah. gave me a greater reality to overcome life yep. and I think it's connected to life is more than food and the body is more than clothing yep. you know it's like you're going to go through but I I am greater yep. and there's something far greater than that for you yeah. if you can see it and if you know it you know and so everything is actually positive yeah. in Christ everything if you can see it as that then you can access because like we've talked about Chris before, a faith being the currency 
that enables you to possess yeah. what's actually in an unseen realm, which yeah. is like, how do you see the unseen? Like, what? Maybe they got it around the wrong way here in the wording. You know, it's like, no, no, you're, you're looking. I pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened because I've opened up a realm which others can't see, but you can see. So you're, it's currency. You access what is in that unseen. So then when the scene turns up, you overcome it. Not because you're trying, not because you're, you know, yelling and screaming. In fact, you're at peace. This is this is the proving of the perfect and acceptable will of God that we talk about in Romans, where he says this this, when these trials turn up and you are able to overcome them because of what you've seen, you're proving something that what you have in you is real. This is where the substance or the evidence of things unseen is. Yeah. I think instantly when I read this verse, I think about um, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, you know, and and to me it's like it's it's the joy that was in front of him that empowered him to go through what he went through for something that was so much greater. There was something so much greater on the line than just his physical suffering, you know, and that empowered Jesus you know, he, he saw the Father's purpose. He saw us as the body. He saw the redemption of of his people back to himself. And to me, that was so motivating that he was able to go through what he went through. You know, and and like you said, Chris, you know, it's it's not that it was a nothing because he was sweating drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, but even in the midst of the the absolute like physical and emotional spiritual agony that he went through there was something that he didn't lose sight of you know which was the joy set before him which empowered him to to live the way that he lived you know so didn't lose heart that's right there's a thought that i had the other day around that and i i I believe it ties into faith where jesus is approaching peter uh, james and john and he asks them to pray with him what do you think the purpose of them praying with him was for? Because he wasn't trying to step out of process. It wasn't going to stop him from going to the cross. You guys got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think he's inviting them into his his life. Yeah, because he says, keep watch with me first. Yeah. And so it's it's this whole thing of do you know who you've called to truly be? Yeah. You know, that we've been called to be administrators of another kingdom, an eternal kingdom on this temple earth. So I'm going to invite you into every aspect of my life. So training, really, it was for them. It wasn't so much for him. Now, at the same time, primarily for them, but at the same time, I believe it was for him in the sense of, what he's about to go through, yeah. you know, and um, that reality. I mean, Jesus must have, he was never alone, uh, lonely, yeah. um, but uh, no, never alone, but lonely, yeah, yeah. you know, um, because obviously he was father. So I think, it, it, once again, it's that reality of calling people into this this true reality, this true oneness of fellowship with him yeah. um, for the building up of this people on the earth. Um, but at that point in time, you know, we'll probably look at the as the weeks go on, you know, that that you guys of little faith or no faith that he was saying, they got found out again. So in that test, they were asleep. So it was a test yeah. for them uh, to have a greater reality built within them. Yeah. And I know my life, I'm just so thankful that love 
covers the tests, yeah. when I fail the tests, but there's actually, I don't believe there's failure in Christ, it's opportunity for growth yeah. um, because he's calling them like he said, you know. So there's, I believe there's such a connection between us being administrators and ambassadors yeah. of an eternal reality that is to be our work. So it's all training. You know, and so often people spend years and thousands of dollars. You know, this is what Danny and I were talking about. You know, she's doing her, her degree or a postgrad and, and training in that scripture, you know, to become a teacher of teachers. Mm. And yet I wonder how often we actually spend five minutes becoming Christ-like mm. so we can administer the realm, the eternal realm on earth because we're a people of faith. And we can see it, so we know it. So then we say, hey, come watch with me. Come intercede with me. Come pray with me. Come reach out with me. Come lay hands with me. And so you get this formation of these people on the earth called the church. And I think that's what faith does, eh? It completely realigns priorities, you know, and takes you from your priority being natural things to Mm. to heavenly ones, you know. And and I think that, to me, that's... That's what's so powerful is that, um, you know, you don't necessarily set out to, you receive revelation and all of a sudden actually being trained and equipped and becoming the people of God starts to take the greatest priority in in your life, you know. And it's not that the other things aren't important because they are. Yeah. It's just that you've 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 seen something that is more important, you know, yeah. that's more motivating um, than than just what you'd previously thought that life was all about, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think um, for me, I love what you said, Greg. That that it was primarily for them. And I think what what a great sight that Christ had to know that even in their falling short, there was a restoration to come after that because he didn't stop. Just because of what was happening to him, he didn't stop the process, didn't stop teaching, didn't stop modeling and calling up higher. You know, and, and everyone given the opportunity, like if I said to anyone, do you want to be with Christ the night that he's going to go to his death and pray with him? And every Christian in the world would be like, yes, like I'll sleep <laughs> later you know like i'll stay awake but they missed it because they didn't have a true sight of what was happening in that moment so they they weren't able to live according to the moment because they didn't have the sight for what was really happening and you know it says um and of course we're all so much wiser now because we've seen it for what it is but they were on the other side of it going into it um and it's also i mean you know another example of that is uh, the Israelites being called into the promised land. Well, I wouldn't have been that guy. I wouldn't have been Adam either, by the way. I wouldn't have taken the fruit because I'm smarter than that, you know? And, and, and yet it says the same gospel that was preached to them has been preached to us. So we have the same invitation to see what's before us that they do. Well, how are we living in that? The beautiful thing about, you know, and why I asked you that question, Tim, about what happens when you get derailed or when something tries to derail you is because I see instances like this where they're in the garden, they missed it, and it doesn't it doesn't have the capacity to like it, it tries to, but Christ trumps the capacity to derail. And it says all things so going back to uh, two Corinthians uh, four fifteen, for all things are for your sakes, 
that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And that, that for me, is exactly what you said where you go, this adversity that turns up is actually an opportunity. So the sight that I have now enables me to go, this is an opportunity to come into more, not something to derail me. Yeah, and I, I think, and we may have said this during the week, that as the days go on, you know, and, and things are getting a bit hotter and hotter, I, I'm fully convinced that we're going to need faith of the unseen for the, fu- the, the, the future, which is now. Yeah. The, I think the church on the earth, it's going to um, be empowered and enabled to go through yeah. and be hope as a church that knows the eternal purposes of God. Yeah. Um, because it, I think it's the only thing that's going to enable you to stand plus the revelation of the love of the Father. Yeah. Because... We're back to verse 13 again, you know, having the same spirit of yeah. faith. Yeah. I can't in me behave the right way. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. I need someone to come into me and give me something I I don't have. Because, yeah. you know, like at that point, once again, you, Peter, of little faith, no faith. So when they're asked to pray, they're asleep. Because physically, we, we can't, we're not up to it. We're, 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 the physical man is not up to the spiritual life. You know? So we need the spirit of faith, the same spirit that enables a behavior. Yeah. And every one of us needs that if we're going to be a body that is able to demonstrate Christ. Yes. You know, because we get found out. And so it doesn't matter how much you try to muster it up. doesn't matter how much you speak it out. doesn't matter how much, all those things that we try to do in our physical state to create this thing in us. It's a spiritual reality that must be given and grown within you if we're going to live and be presently present. Yes. You know, it's one thing to say you can be present, but are you presently present when it's required of you? You know, like that, oh, yeah, we'd all be there praying. Really? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you do it now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, are you up now yeah. or are you just up for what appears like Peter? Yeah. You know, oh, I'll go with you to your death. Well, actually, you can't even pray. So what are the chances in this reality of this dimension? And, you know, I think 2 Corinthians 5 in relation to we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. And I think what Paul's saying here, one aspect is I'm an eternal being. And I know my home is the eternal. So yes, my home's in eternity, but I'm an eternal being. And as an eternal being, I don't walk by natural sight. I'm never going to be able to live. I'm I'm away from home, but in home we're eternal. It's eternity, it's eternal. You know, it's another kingdom. But I find myself on this other temporal kingdom, but there's no way the natural people live by natural senses and natural sight. Mm. But I'm eternal. And so how can I live, because I'm an ambassador from home, how can I actually live as an ambassador from another place if I'm living by natural sight? Because I know my home's not here. You know, it just doesn't get you, you, it doesn't match. You can't. It's all eternal. So if our home is eternal, not here, Mm. and we're not living from faith, then we don't really know who we are and the home we live from. Our home is earth, you know. Yeah. And I think this is this thing is like when this gets in you, you actually want to go home. Mm. <laughs> well, he's know? calling it a tent. He calls his body a tent. Mm. Well, how temporary is a tent? Mm. 
It's pretty temporary. Fragile. Fragile, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So often we're anchored to these physical homes mm. that you were saying. Nothing wrong with a physical home. Nothing wrong with getting married kids. Yeah. As long as they are put in perspective in relation to the reality of how he puts them in. Mm. You know, because he's very clearly... Uh, says things that highly offend the temple in relation to these things. Mm. You know, well, let the dead bury the dead. Ooh. Yeah, well, you're not my mother, you're not my brother. You're actually not my family yeah. unless you're doing my father's will. So once again, unless you have faith, you're probably going to live a very temporal life and this calling that's higher and higher up that sees the unseen, um, you know, and lives from the unseen is a real yeah. dimension. Yeah, um, that's right. We haven't had, we've just had a couple of people make some comments rather than questions, which are very encouraging. So if you Thank emailed you. in, thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I think we'll, final thoughts, final words in relation to anything you want to share on faith. Um, just during that um, last 10 minutes that you guys were talking about, um, you know, the light affliction in comparison to the weight of glory. It, it made me think of um, Colossians where it says, giving thanks to the Father, sorry, this is verse 12, um, Colossians 1 verse 12, has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Mm. And it, I think the knowledge that he has qualified us and made us competent and given us the quality of life, mm -hmm. which is of eternal value, it, it does, it, it changes us from earthlings to eternal beings that truly comprehend and understand that eternity isn't just a length of time that goes on and on, but it's a quality, mm. it's a quality substance. So, so if we can imagine that as, as, as beings that now have the eternal quality, we understand that even our lives are just a lightweight <laughs> in the light of eternity and that our little lives are actually enveloped in the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, mm -hmm. the great I am who says he is the God of every generation, um, that that we, we come to realize that our generation is this big on the... <laughs> you know, on the the scale of eternity. And so everything we go through really is just light affliction, afflictions that mm. you can't, and it actually says you can't actually compare it to the weight of glory um, because eternity is, you know, swallows those things up. And as Paul says, I'm compelled, you know, we're in a reality that we actually can't escape. And so everything that we go through, the the afflictions, the, the hard things, literally just gets swallowed up in Christ. Doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm -hmm. It just means it doesn't have a hold on us yeah. that is determining uh, who we are and what we're living for because we're of a greater eternal substance where we've been qualified. Mm. We're of a different quality yeah. um but yeah it's <laughs> and that has to become a real life. reality doesn't yeah. it what you're describing that has to become a living manifestation yeah. through the power of the holy spirit engraving that reality yeah. on a person's heart yeah. for someone to live from that place yeah. um, because the challenge of life yes. if that's not there becomes greater than the reality of that substance within. Yes, and I think it, it causes us 
as beings hidden in him, found in him, almost uh, held in him in the great I am. It's, it's almost like that is the identity in of itself of I am found in the great I am. And so everything I do in this lifetime or the role in which I play is for a time. I am a mother, you know, I am a student of whatever university or I, you know, I, I do these certain things, but they, but the identity is, is actually just I am in the great I am, you know, in eternity, I am of a quality of him, of a substance. Um, so it does, it makes, it makes anything attached to that light because the weight is in. You know, and I love it in Job, sorry, I'm going to finish with this. In Job where it says, you know, man does not know his value in the land of the living. And then it says, and he cannot find it in the land of the living. He cannot find it in the world. Man goes to the sea and the sea goes, I don't have it. Mm. Man goes to the depths of the ocean and the ocean goes, it's not in me. And it's, again, it's this reality of like, you know, True believers know that the source can only be find, found in him, you know, the value of who they are. And yet, you know, it's too easy to go to the temporary things like, oh, I go to the beach to find him or, you know, I find my, I find my worth when I'm doing this sort of thing. But, you know, the water is saying, it's not with me. <laughs> you know, the sky is saying, it's not in me. The plants and nature, the mountains are saying, it's not with us. You know, it's with the creator. Um, who's eternal, yeah. Yeah, I love that, um, Mel, the, the qualification. He is the one that's qualified us. And I think just in, in closing, you know, for me, that's something that I've found so much confidence in that he's, you know, that I have understanding on. As You know, he, he deposits that, and then we come into the understanding of it where, you know, an example was, um, you know, as a carpenter, I've gone through a process and become qualified and regardless of what happens whether I have a good day or a bad day on a building site I'm still qualified you know and that's kind of my my closing thought is that he's done the qualifying so who's going to disqualify you when he qualifies you and I just had this this picture and I, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit to process because I do feel like um, we need this substance to see things for what they are um, I got a, a picture of my two-year-old who's being toilet trained at the moment, you know, and, and we're switching from nappies to pants or undies, you know, mm-hmm. and we've, you know, we've got five kids and none of them have nailed it on the first go, you know, none of them go from nappies to toilet training like that. Um, and so there's times when he wets his pants, but wetting his pants doesn't define him. That's part of the process to learning how to be toilet trained. And I feel like that's the perspective that God's like, yep, there's some things that happen. The Father's like, there's some things that happen, but they don't, they don't define you. I've qualified you. Let that be your definition, that I say that you're qualified and there's things that turn up in process. They're just like you wetting your pants. It's, it's not who you are. Yeah. Yeah. We're all done. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, if you're still there. Um, (laughs) We've enjoyed it. I hope you have as well. And at Level 2 contains into next Sunday. We'll be doing this again next Sunday at 11 o'clock. Outside of that, have an awesome week. We do have a gathering tonight at 5 p.m. here. Um, So if you wanted to come out for that, you can. Otherwise, have an awesome week, and uh, we'll see you soon.